Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hopp with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And, you know, I got to say that um, I've been a physician for mm, nearly 35 years. And um, I've written literally thousands and thousands of prescriptions. But I don't pay a lot of attention to where the drugs come from. Uh, I know what the drugs are capable of doing. I know their pros and cons. Uh, but I don't really care that much whether patients get brand name medications or generics. My presumption, you know, it's a naive presumption, is that the generics are equivalent. They're just cheaper and uh, my patients can thereby save money. Uh, but this new book, Bottle of Lies, the inside story of the generic drug boom, uh, has me very concerned. We're talking to the author, Catherine Eban. And uh, some, 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 some shocking statistics, nearly 90% of the drug supply in the United States uh, is generic. I didn't know that. Uh, 40% of those generics originate in India, which is the Wild West of drug manufacture, according to this book. It's exhaustively researched, involves uh, interviews with literally hundreds of individuals who are in the know about this business. And the other thing, so let's say you don't get a generic. Let's say you get a brand name. Instead of getting uh, metformin, you get brand glucophage. It's more expensive. It may cost you a few hundred dollars instead of, uh, you know, 20 or 30 dollars. But 80% of the active ingredients in all drugs, whether brand name or generic, as well as virtually all antibiotics taken in the U.S., are made overseas under conditions that, well, you know, are very, uh, let me put it charitably, variable. Um, so, Catherine, what are some of the drugs that uh, have caused problems? One of them in particular sticks in my mind. It's the immunosuppressive medication for patients who are recipients yeah. of organ transplants, uh, tacrolimus. Yeah. So the book follows these two cardiologists from the Cleveland Clinic, uh, one of whom in particular, uh, Dr. Harry Lever, began to realize that you know, when he switched his, when his patients got switched from a brand name to certain generics or they got switched from one effective generic to another generic, that suddenly patients he'd stabilized began to have all kinds of symptoms, irregular heart rhythms. Uh, but the most troubling, I think, was the story of heart transplant patients at the Cleveland Clinic. The 
very vigilant pharmacist there began to get worried about a particular uh, generic immunosuppressant, uh, tacrolimus, but manufactured by an Indian company, Dr. Reddy's. That company was having a lot of recalls. The pharmacists felt uneasy, so they basically said, this is going on um, the Cleveland Clinic's blacklist. We're not buying this mm-hmm. drug. We're not providing it to patients. Um, but suddenly they realized, well, you know, patients leave the hospital. They go to a CVS, for example. Yeah, fill they're a prescription. Getting, they're getting mm-hmm. that drug. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, several patients who came back with symptoms of organ rejection after getting switched to that drug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of them died. So, and, and, and by the way, it's easy to blame the patient. You know, it's like, oh, you didn't take your medications or, you know, you uh, or, you know, bad stuff happens sometimes. Yeah, it's natural to go through a process of rejection. It must have taken a while to and some detective work to uncover that it was the, the medication was ineffective or adulterated. Yeah, I mean, so they were, you know, putting together these pieces, but really the clue was that um, these were patients who had been stable for a long time. They had been fine. Mm-hmm. They were doing well on uh, on a brand name, uh, Tacrolimus, and then they got switched to this particular generic. And what was interesting is that I was able uh, to get some of the adverse event records that had been filed with the FDA for this particular drug and found another health system, um, Loma Linda in California, that had submitted a similar complaint to the FDA that when their transplant patients went on this generic, they were showing symptoms of organ rejection. You know, but, but one really de- troubling part of this is that the FDA has really not been aggressive at responding to that. And there are instances where they have literally sat on patient complaints for years. You know, significant evidence that the drugs are not bioequivalent. They've sworn they are bioequivalents. And yet when they finally under pressure do tests, they found, lo and behold, these drugs are not bioequivalent. Um, that happened in the case of a, well, a generic Wellbutrin. Oh, and um, by the way, Wellbutrin is notorious for causing these types of problems. And I can tell you, that from my patients, many of them complain when they're switched from brand Wellbutrin to generic Wellbutrin. They say, it just doesn't do the trick for me. And sometimes I wonder, you know, oh, is it psychological? Because after all, this is an antidepressant medication. Maybe these patients are a little bit uh, a little wild and crazy and they're, you know, uh, there's a placebo effect, but there's something to it. Well, there is something to it. And, you know, one of the issues here is with time-release drugs. Yes, that and where, that's important. You explain that. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, which is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, a drug goes off patent, and then the brand company hands over their formula to the generic company, mm-hmm. and they just make the identical drug mm-hmm. uh, at a lower cost. But it really doesn't work like that at all. And, in fact, they surround their drug, the brand-name companies, with a variety of patents. And one of the things they patent specifically is the time-release mechanism. Mm -hmm. So the generic companies have to reverse-engineer all of this Mm -hmm. and sort of separately come up with a time-release mechanism. But, you know, they are uh, not playing by the rules. Mm -hmm. They're often these mechanisms that they come up with are ineffective. Um, The drugs don't dissolve correctly. And Mm -hmm. in a number of cases I've exposed, 
they have concealed this from the FDA. Yep. And, and that's a very important point. Let, let's reiterate that because you may have a chemically identical active agent in a generic in, say, a time-release blood pressure medication or a time-release uh, antidepressant or a time-release diabetes medication. Uh, but it's it's very important that you kind of regulate how rapidly the medication is deployed within the body. And mm-hmm. um, if it all, you know, if it goes poof, you know, all in one big shot, you know, when you take right. the pill, or alternatively, if it doesn't get released properly, uh, and, uh, you know, it basically comes out in the toilet, that ain't good. Right. 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 Absolutely. So, you know, what these, what some of the FDA investigators who have gone into these plants are seeing is that the underlying tests, which are being concealed from the FDA, shows that the, in many cases, the dissolution of these drugs is basically failing and that there have been test results that have been concealed from the FDA, and then the actual testing that's being shown is manipulated. You know, Catherine, this is going to get even more complicated because uh, there's a category of drugs now, uh, monoclonal antibodies and uh, immunomodulators, uh, that are very, very expensive. And mm-hmm. they're going to go off patent. And there's a big debate about, you know, how do you replicate those medications? They came up with a new right. word for it. They, they're called biosimilars. Yeah. But will biosimilars uh, wreak havoc because they're similar? But it sounds like the potential for going awry is much greater with these complex um, uh, monoclonal antibodies than with a simple chemical formula that you, you know, make in a test tube with, you know, old-fashioned organic chemistry. Absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of the people I talk to are extremely concerned about this, which is if these companies are playing fast and loose with just making a sim- simple, you know, uh, small molecule drug, how are they going to make these yeah. biosimilars? We're talking Umira, Remicade, you know, right. some of these, these tried and true, uh, you know, powerful antiarthritis medications, all sort of colitis medications, that kind of thing. And that, and now cancer right. drugs like Keytruda, you know, these are, a whole new generation of drugs, they cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars a year. And we're going to obviously, uh, you know, there's going to be a race to the bottom to save costs. Absolutely. You know, so the question really is, I mean, you know, wh- what is, how are we going to resolve this problem of quality and cost? It is, And it's just nobody has really put forward uh, an answer except to say, we should, there's a lot of reasons why we should be making our own drugs at this point. Mm-hmm. So re- reclaim our, our primacy, uh, as the world's leading producer of, of medications. I mean, it used to be, yeah, okay, uh, US, uh, Switzerland was a big producer, uh, France. Uh, I think the standards in those countries are pretty rigorous. Uh, but then, you know, when we start going to less regulated countries, uh, with very cheap labor, under conditions right. that are, you know, hard to, hard really to, to follow, um, we may be unleashing havoc. So, do do we do you see uh, a an action plan in that direction? Because actually, the opposite's happening. The administration recently floated a plan uh, to make offshore drugs more accessible to Americans as a way of uh, reducing. Costs in this country, and 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 I said, "Well, that sounds good." I mean, initially, that's that that's tempting. 
Well, you know, that has been the sort of go-to answer for people who are not really knowing how to solve this problem, which is to look overseas. And that's how we got into this quagmire, you know, is to basically say, the FDA's got this, they can protect us, let's move everything offshore where it's cheaper, it's lower cost. You see, but all of that is really stemming from this underlying refusal to regulate drug prices. And it is forcing us into the arms of these low-cost mm-hmm. providers. Okay. So, you know, what wh- what is an answer to this? There's there's been some some interesting things happening. And one of them, there's a company called Civica RX, which is basically aiming to bring manufacturing back to the US under a non-profit model. Hmm. And that might be a way forward. That could provide a model for how to do high quality it's like it's like a co-op marketplace for for drugs in effect exactly and in fact civica rx what they've done is a number of health systems have pooled together to commission this company to manufacture drugs in shortage Hmm. the generic drugs that are in shortage these so-called orphan drugs and you know and, and actually not even orphan drugs because uh there was recently a shortage of digoxin you know like one of the most fundamental oh, cardiological drugs. Yeah. That it, yeah, it, that's just the right. marketplace that's creates these weird shortages of essential drugs. Uh, insulin is, is another example lately. You know, part of the problem is that actually, and this will sound counterintuitive, prices are dropping too low, which is, you know, if you have 10 Indian companies that get into <laughs> the marketplace yeah. to make a generic and the price, price just drops through the floor, what is the incentive for quality? Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. They will absolutely capture the marketplace, uh, as uh, you know, as our dependency on China has captured the marketplace for a lot of consumer goods. Uh, makes it impossible for American workers to, you know, economically make the stuff for us anymore. They, I mean, they've literally gutted many uh, American industries as a result, and pharmaceutical industry, absolutely. I think, is uh, an example of that. Right. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. So, uh, what are consumers to do? I mean, should uh, our patients demand uh, brand name medications, or are there certain instances where maybe you should be selective? Maybe it doesn't matter so much with some. They're they're pretty well vetted. Uh, there's a pretty good safety record, uh, or is it imperative to demand uh, uh, brand name medications always? Well, you know. As you can imagine, since the book came out, I've just been flooded with that kind of question yep. from consumers. What can they do? What can they do to make sure that their drugs are safe and effective? Uh, and what can they do to figure out where their drugs are being made, right. which is a super tough one? 
So I actually put together a guide to investigating your own drugs, oh, which is on my website, um, which is katherineban.com. Okay, let's spell uh, Eban is E-B-A-N. It's phonetic. Catherine yeah. with a K. Yep. Okay. So, but basically what I've said is, you know, if you are a patient who is taking a drug day in and day out, it is really a good idea to get to know who is making that drug. Does the drug seem effective? Is it working? Um, and if so, do you want to stay on it? So to stay on it, you have to know who's making it because then you have to request that same manufacturer from your pharmacy so you don't get mm-hmm. switched. Right, which can right. happen. That's the other thing is, is you know, you're filling a prescription day in and day out, and the pharmacy may source it from a different manufacturer. The very self-same drug at the same dose uh, comes from somewhere else all of a sudden, and it may be different. That's right, and for, especially for patients who are taking what are called narrow therapeutic index drugs, mm-hmm. where precise dosing is so important. Blood thinners, antidepressants, uh, cardiovascular medications, blood pressure stuff, all that. Right, and that can really be devastating, Mm -hmm. right? Because even even if that drug meets the FDA's standards, the FDA permits a range of uh, 80% of of the brand name uh, absorption into the blood Mm. on the low end and 125 on the high end. That's a lot of wobble. So, it's a lot of wobbles, so patients may be really affected by that swing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm recommending that they know who makes their drugs, that if they're having problems, they should do some research about the track record of that manufacturing company. You know, have they gotten warning letters? What kind of warning letters? For, for data fraud, for all kinds of things, mm. you know, to check that out. And to also find out what other companies make your drug. It's a little, you, you know, that. this is a wonderful initiative, uh, Catherine, but it's a little scary that an investigative journalist uh, with a few resources at your disposal has to be the arbiter of which drugs are safe in this country. Why isn't this something that's undertaken by uh, our government in an effort to uh, safeguard our, our uh, consumers? Absolutely. I mean, the FDA, in my opinion, should be out there at drugstores all the time doing random testing. And there is no surveillance testing that the FDA does on a regular basis. Hmm. You know, they will occasionally pull drugs if they get a ton of complaints, but there really is no ongoing testing. And so the question is, what's preventing uh, companies from submitting their best drugs to get approval and then switching it to secretly switching out good ingredients for less expensive, you know, poor ones. Exactly. uh, For changing up the manufacturing, none of which they're supposed to do. But if nobody's testing the drugs, that can happen. Have you been called upon to uh, testify in Congress or have any of the innumerable presidential candidates uh, (laughs) that are vying for (laughs) uh, nomination expressed one wit of interest in, in some of these ideas? Well, Actually, I have. So I have been contacted by several congressional committees. Right. They are looking into this. The House Energy and Commerce Committee has requested information uh, from the FDA, partly on the basis of my reporting. And um, I've been uh, in discussion with, um, uh, you know, various, 
various commissions. I testified before the U.S.-China Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing testimony on, you know, our essentially our dependence on yeah. Chinese. Our, our whole relationship, I think, needs to be investigated. Yes, and this is one yes. aspect of a, of a kind of a perverse relationship that we have, a relationship of uh, dependency uh, that, uh, yeah, we, from time to time we need to kick the tires and examine it. Right. So, though I don't know where that is, those inquiries are going to go, at least they are underway. Okay. So th- that's hopeful. Now, uh, the FDA, uh, and by the way, I'm no great fan of the FDA because I think, you know, I'm involved with uh, the supplement industry. I'm, a, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's a proponent of nutritional supplements. We can even go into issues of the supplement supply chain on another day, but that's not what your book was about. There's some problems there too, because many of those mm-hmm. su- products and many of those, uh, natural, those ingredients come from offshore. Uh, but, right. um, the FDA, uh, although sometimes they don't get it about supplements, uh, they are woefully undermanned. And that's sexist, you know, undermanned, underwomaned. Uh, they uh, have, I think in your book you report they have 13,000 employees. Do I have that right for their entire? Something uh, like that. They do have thousands of employees, but really they only have, you know, a handful of people who are in their overseas offices. Mm-hmm. They have a small cadre of inspectors that travel to do foreign inspections. So there is no way that they are staffed for this. Mm-hmm. And and also, you know, I would say, I imagine that there's some issues around, you know, freedom of movement and freedom of access, uh, especially in China, you know, because it's, it's kind of hard to be a free-range investigator uh, in a country as locked down as China. Well, that's absolutely true. But on the other hand, you know, our our president likes to talk about being tough on China, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, we have we haven't said to China, "Hey, you want to sell your drugs into our market? We get to come and inspect your plants when we want." Mm-hmm. So that discussion has never happened, and I think it's within the China's capability to undertake very careful inspections. I'm pretty sure that, you know, when they uh, create uh, aircraft parts for uh, supersonic jet fighters, uh, that their standards are pretty exacting. But when it comes to an export market uh, for countries like the United States, uh, who maybe they don't hold in the highest regard, uh, you know, <laughs> let, uh, let uh, you know, people do what they want in terms of it. I mean- I, you know, I would really say that the what my book fundamentally exposes is that the manufacturing standards at the majority of these overseas plants is whatever they can get away with. So whatever the regulation, you know, and the vigilance of the regulators permits, you know, and to the extent that we are doing pre-announced inspections, and simply reviewing data without testing, it's permitting substandard drug products into our country. Yeah, and and, and that is fundamentally wrong. And I think your book has really done um, to the generic uh, drug industry a little bit what Upton Sinclair did back, I guess it was around 1910, uh, to the uh, meatpacking industry, really blowing the lid off uh, an operation uh, that really needs a lot more regulation and scrutiny. And it's it's important and vital because... The vast majority of Americans are taking at least one, uh, if not many of these medications, uh, and we really need to depend on our medication supply. 
It's 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 vital. We need to bring costs Thank down, but so not much. at the expense of our that. yeah. And but we need to bring costs down, but not at, at the expense of our of our nation's health. And it's really I, under attack. Yeah, I think you know if you asked a lot of Americans, would you would you rather pay four dollars for a refill at Walmart? for drugs coming from an Indian plant where regulation was not very good? Or would you like to pay $10 for that same refill for a drug made in America? I think I know what the answer would be. And, and, but the problem, uh, Catherine, is transparency. People don't even know that there's a choice. And their choice is often forced by uh, insurance company decisions like, you know, you're going to get a generic and uh, that's absolutely that's right. what we'll pay for. And you know, you, other, you know, it's it's go ahead. It's remarkable because patients don't know and don't really have any way to know where their drugs are are made. Whereas they know where their cereal is made, mm-hmm. their shirts, the label says where they're made, but but there's no labeling on the drug product. Right, and if, in, with a lot of products, I mean, we have an opportunity to opt for quality. You know, we can go. Uh, you know, we can get, uh, you know, U.S. Chuck beef to make our hamburger, or we can get, uh, you know, prime, uh, grass-fed organic beef to make our hamburger. Uh, it's gonna cost a lot more, but, you know, you vote with your consumer dollars. Here, you don't even know. There's no transparency. That's There's right. no way of knowing what, what you're getting. So, well, it's a fascinating book. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, all the best to you. And mention your website again. It's katherineeban.com. That's right. Okay, lots more information and resources there to help you uh, make more informed choices about uh, your drug sources. Um, important story, Bottle of Lies, the inside story of the generic drug boom. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.